Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, is Rusty Mansell. We've got a lot to talk about. A big three days for Georgia football coming off the NFL draft. I want to start with you, Rusty. Just how's it going on a, uh, what I'm sure, still a pretty busy Monday morning? Oh, well, yeah, I'm about to, uh, well, Monday afternoon for me. I'm a, I'm a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. guy, and uh, we got little shifts on here. I know Kip's definitely not a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. guy. Uh, but uh, spring practice basically pretty much starts in Georgia this week, and I'm getting to practice this afternoon, and then I'm got my rest of I made my schedule right here for the rest of the week. So it's time to go out and see these prospects, man. After what everybody went through, you know, in, in 2020, I think everybody just kind of, uh, you know, takes a different perspective. And I'm very appreciative we having spring football in Georgia and get to go out and visit these kids and see them and interview them and talk to them, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Going to be a busy time, I'm sure. But a lot of talent is always in the state, and I'm sure you're going to go and, and seek it out and get a chance to talk to a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's jump right into it, Rusty. A, a big NFL draft for the Georgia Bulldogs. Obviously, everybody got to see 15 Georgia Bulldogs drafted. That's a new modern era record as far as the draft is concerned. Five go in the first round. All five were defenders. Uh, some big names getting some big opportunities. And we can kind of just start looking at it, uh, you know, just an overview of the entire class. I mean, what does this mean for Georgia to have had 15 guys drafted and to have so many get an opportunity to go uh, and start their careers in the NFL? Covering this team for a long time. It's funny. I talked to a, a longtime assistant this morning in, um, in, in the SEC. A long time he's coached many, many spots and a long time coach. And the one thing we talked about was the narrative against Georgia. And the narrative was – you can go to Georgia, but those D linemen are not getting drafted. And, you know, I don't think, I think this was the first year they've had one drafted since five, six, seven, eight years, something like that. And, you know, when Jordan Davis goes, Trayvon Walker goes and Devontae Wyatt goes. And not only did those guys go, those were guys that Kirby Smart recruited, signed, Trey Scott recruited and signed and developed. So that narrative is out the door. Now Georgia can walk in anywhere in the country and go, hey, you want to come play defensive line? You want to come play that four? I was Trayvon Walker. You know, I had one coach say, you know, the, the negative. I talked to kids a lot about negative recruiting and, you know, because I cover Georgia. I ask them, what do they say? And, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, you want to go play four eye at Georgia and just eat up blocks? Well, guess what? Trayvon Walker played four eye a lot. And guess what? Trayvon Walker got $41 million. So, you know, those, those narratives are put to bed. I, I had some comments yesterday on the junkyard about, the next position is wide receiver. You know, Georgia gets very, very negative recruited there about not having a thousand yard guy, not having first round draft picks at that position. So, you know, Brian McClendon's here. I think he's off to a really, really good start, but that's the next position that Georgia's going to be focused on, I'm sure. But as far as, you know, the the class and kind of what it meant to me, the big picture is obviously the record, but the bigger picture is the defensive line group um, that, that's been put to bed forever, uh, negative recruiting against Georgia there. You mentioned Trayvon Walker, and I feel like we got to take a few minutes and talk about him being the first pick, being, I think, just the fifth Georgia player ever to be taken first, which uh, I think now ties Georgia with USC, Oklahoma, I think Notre Dame as well with the most first overall picks ever. You know, there was, uh, among national media, people had questions about Trayvon being the first pick. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson was someone a lot of people compared and, and considered as maybe that other potential top pick. Russell, you've got a, had a chance to watch Trayvon for a long time. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like he brings to the next level and and what makes him 
you know, have an opportunity to go down to Jacksonville and potentially live up to what obviously is tremendous hype that comes with being the number one overall pick. Well, the one thing we didn't report is because we can't report, and it's part of getting into medicals and those types of things. So Trayvon Walker comes to Georgia, and he plays his freshman year. At the end of his freshman year, he has a wrist injury, so he has a surgery. So that means Trayvon Walker cannot lift bench press, lift weights, curls, anything, upper body, just about pretty much all of his freshman year offseason. Comes back in, plays, has to come back in after his sophomore season and repair that pin. They have to go back in and repair it at some point. So he basically had one and a half off seasons out of the three at Georgia to where he couldn't work out fully. So what I'm saying is his best playing days, his ceiling is still unlimited because he had one off season where he was completely healthy. He was able to work out. It was, it's not going to be a long going issue with this. From what I hear, obviously, you know, they, the medicals, they checked them out really good. And you look at this guy and, you know, he played with a cast on early on. So that's why he did that. But you look at him and you start talking about the offseason and then you look at the measurables and what he was asked to do at Georgia. He'll be asked to do something different at Jacksonville. He'll be coming off the edge. I'll be getting him in a lot of one-on-one situations. So, you know, I, I have little concern. Now, when you say number one, if you go number one overall, you better be six, seven, eight-year Pro Bowl type player and all that. So he has the potential to be that. But I'm very confident that his best playing days are ahead of him. And this is a, a one percentile athlete. You know, the, the 6'5", 275 pound guys that run four five, there's not many. There's probably there's not many at all in the world. And Jacksonville had a chance to take one uh, Thursday night and they did. Yeah, I think you hit on what really stood out to me. And I think I wrote about it on the junkyard at one point last week. Just the projection of what Trayvon could be. I know a lot of people got really caught up in the numbers or the lack thereof at Georgia. Uh, you know, he wasn't a first team, second team, all SEC, wasn't that kind of player. But I think you look at those intangibles he has, the size, the speed, the athleticism, that combined with just knowing how much talent was around him and, and the fact at Georgia specifically, and knowing that, you know, he did what he was asked to do. Obviously, it's going to be a different situation in Jacksonville. And like you said, it's going to be a situation where they ask him to do different things. But I can understand it. I mean, I, I think that, you know, sometimes people get caught up in the numbers alone. But I think when you see the way Trayvon tested, even too, I mean, I, I just can't help but think about Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not so sure he's as a sure bet as a lot of people felt like. And, and maybe that's kind of coming off of that uh, Capital Bowl or the, uh, the Orange Bowl. Um, but I just think that it, it makes a lot of sense. Now, will it, you know, work out? I don't know. It's always hard to tell. And, even if it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean it was all on Trayvon. We see so many of these top picks get put into tough situations because you're obviously playing for a team that's rebuilding. If you you know more times than not, when you have that top pick, you look at look at Hutchinson. The best team he played was Georgia, and obviously that tape's there. And we don't grade tape, but he was almost a non-factor in that game. You look at Trayvon Walker against Alabama, the best team he played, and he made plays. So you know he also chases a guy down when they say 43 yards and saved a touchdown. I'm telling you right now, the guy saved a touchdown in the third quarter for, for on that chasing that uh, defend, um, wide receiver down. And, um, you know, when you look at things like that, you know, I, I'm not saying Hutchins is not going to be a really good player. I think Hutchins is going to be a really good player. I agree with you. It's not a slam dunk. Is Trayvon Walker a slam dunk? He is not. Personally, if I would have been Alabama and I got a franchise quarterback, I would have a hard time passing 
on one of those two tackles just fit wise for them. But to go with Trayvon Walker, they went with a guy they feel like has the most upside. And I could not argue that with a guy like that because I know what they know. And he's, he has not been 100% because of that one wrist thumb area uh, that's been fixed. I'm sure their doctors looked at it a million different times. Uh, the makeup of Trayvon Walker, people don't realize this. We'll talk about it in a minute. But, you know, what I hear on the interviews of Lewis Seen, that his, Lewis Seen's interviews got him into the first round. I mean, these guys love football. We'll probably talk about it as well. But the GM from the Packers and what he said about Georgia, this is as close to the NFL as you can get. Uh, that said a ton. So, you know, the original question going back a few minutes ago, Georgia can do so much with this recruiting-wise uh, as far as that. But, you know, we're going to specifically talk about Trayvon Walker. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, Jacksonville said we cannot pass up this guy because there's rarely ever any like this on and off the field. Yeah, Georgia kind of gave us uh, some good segments to start with. They had so many guys drafted, and we need to sort of start with that first round. Five guys. We obviously talked about Trayvon Walker. Jordan Davis going to the Eagles. Quay Walker being that first linebacker off the board going to the Packers. Devontae Wyatt, a few picks later, I think six uh, six picks later, he goes to the Packers. And then Lewis Seen, as you said, Georgia kind of bookend that first round with uh, Trayvon being that first pick, Lewis Seen being that 32nd pick. What stands out about some of these other guys that win in that first round to you? Who are the guys that you feel like, you know, landed in really good situations or, or even just guys that you're interested in seeing how they fit with these NFL franchises? I think Quay, I think Quay Walker is built for NFL. And why I say that is Quay Walker is 6'4", 240 pounds, and he can play inside or he can play outside and he can cover. And in the NFL, you have to be able to cover. Oh, by the way, on third down, he can also blitz. So, you know, I've got some NFL contacts and, you know, I was pretty strong on the junkyard for, for, for a couple of months now going, you guys, I'm telling you, Quay Walker is a guy that can get in this first round. And when he worked out on his pro day, I put a tweet up, I think it was March 22nd. I said, that's a wrap. He's going first round. You can book it. You can come back and look at this. You know, there weren't a lot of people that had him in the first round, but I know I talked to a lot of people. And NFL teams were sky high on Quay Walker. They wanted to see what he ran, what it looked like in person. When he worked out in Athens on pro day after having a successful NFL, you know, I mean, having a successful combine in a season uh, he had, I knew he was going somewhere. And and I knew that it, New England was really high on him. When New England traded that pick um, right there, I was like, wait a minute, this is something in the very next pick. Uh, you know, he goes, um, he gets picked. Uh, of the Packers. So I knew right then that, you know, this guy was, everybody had him sky high. The Packers didn't even have him on a visit. They just had a scouting report on it. They didn't have him basically like have not, drafting a player, not having him in for an official visit. So when you look at things like that, Quay Walker really checked the boxes for a lot of NFL teams. And I knew that. Obviously a lot of receivers had gone off the board at that point, but I think that tells you what they thought of Quay that they didn't sure. go get a receiver because, you know, the talk, the entire offseason was, all right, they're going to go get Aaron Rodgers. Or that's, every, that's every year, isn't it? Yeah, yes. But this year especially, they were – He was, I think he was on Pat McAfee. I think a lot yeah. of people were kind of on edge seeing what yeah. he was going to say. But, you know, I think the fact that they got two Georgia guys within six picks, you know, talk about had Eric Stokes last year. You know, like you had mentioned a few minutes ago, the Packers GM basically said what was sort of the story of this entire draft, this three-day draft that – 
you know, getting guys from Georgia, you're getting guys that are as NFL ready as they can be. And, you know, I saw Ian Rappaport mention that as well, that, you know, I think his words were that Georgia's the new Alabama, though he did note that Alabama's still Alabama, That's but right. that Georgia is on that level. Sure. And, and, and someone mentioned that, I think, in the comments a second ago. You know, what was the biggest, you know, storyline or takeaway, the, the five first-round picks or the 15 taken as a whole? I mean, I think you could kind of slice it either way. Uh, to me, it's just the entire narrative that this is what Georgia is now. I mean, that this is that Georgia is going to be, you know, you're not probably going to set records every single year, uh, but this is the talent they have coming through and they have shown that they can, uh, you know, put it out there and send guys to the league. And, and like you tweeted, Rusty, that might have been uh, Thursday or Friday. I don't know if there's going to be very many cases like 2016 uh, when Georgia has one guy, Isaiah McKenzie, drafted. I, I have to say that at this point, those days are long gone. And, and if Isaiah McKenzie hadn't came out early, he had another year left that Georgia wouldn't have had a player draft in 2016, which is crazy. So, uh, but no, not with Kirby smart. I mean, I saw already uh PFF focus football focus, put out a, you know, a early mock 10 draft today. They had Jalen Carter, number four and Eric Gilbert, number six. And I couldn't argue with that at some point, um, you know, based off what we've seen from Eric Gilbert, you know, whether he'll be a first rounder next year or first round of the year after he's a different human being, like he's a one percentile guy. So, um, you know, he's got a long way to go right now, but he has that potential to be there. Jalen Carter, I would be very surprised uh, if he's not in the top five or six, you know, draft pick next year, obviously. Yeah, Jalen's already getting a lot of buzz. And and I wrote a story, too, looking at 2023. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put 10 names. And, man, I was, sl- I was like, looking at numbers and stuff to cut it to 10. Because I was like, man. I, I Roger Jones, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that I yeah. thought, obviously, you can make the argument. Yep. Uh, Still a lot more to talk about the draft. We'll take a quick break real quick and then jump in and look at some of those other guys that got picked and just, you know sort of break down what, uh, what stands out about their new homes in the NFL. Welcome back. And, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I need to do my auctioneer voice to rattle off the rest of these guys that got drafted. George Pickens to the Steelers, James Cook to the Bills, Nicobe Dean, obviously we got to talk about Nicobe to the Eagles, Samir White to the Raiders, Jake Camarda to the Buccaneers, Justin Schaefer to the Falcons. That was the first time the Falcons have drafted a Georgia player, I think, since Akeem Dent. So that's like uh, 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jamari Sawyer to the Chargers. Darion Kendrick to the Rams. And then John Fitzpatrick to the Falcons. So that makes the 15. Uh, are there any of those guys that really stand out to you, Rusty? Uh, there's a few that I can hit on that that I'm really interested as far as the fit. Um, but any of those guys that really, when you saw where they landed, you're like, all right, you know, this has a, a really good opportunity for these guys. Obviously, it's James Cook for me. I mean, he's going to a team that has a chance to win the Super Bowl, like right now. Uh, he's going to add to a very, you know, high-profile team, very high-profile offense. you got a franchise quarterback playing there. A young franchise quarterback is almost like the case where DeAndre Swift almost went to the Chiefs. You know, right there, everybody thought DeAndre Swift was going to be that guy. They take um, – LSU running back in that spot, Edwards Alaire. But, you know, when you look at when you look at the fit for James Cook and what he's going to do, I think James Cook's best days are ahead of him uh, in the NFL. I think he's going to be fantastic. But he's going to get used to that cold. My high school teammate played in Buffalo. I, I went up there a couple of times. And I went, like, in August to watch a preseason game. Then I went in December. And I'm telling you, that was in 1999. And I'm telling you right now, that I still remember what that feels like. So he had to get used to playing there. but. Uh, you you look at Buffalo and, and and a guy like James Cook, he's got a chance to win the Super Bowl 
year one and year two and potentially year three because they've got young key pieces with a franchise quarterback. I think it's a great fit for him. Yeah, I think that is one of the more exciting matchups or, or landing spots, not only because of what James can do, his, you know, his catching ability. I think Josh Allen can really use him as a weapon. Their running back room has really not lived up to what some people thought. Sure. Uh, Daryl Singletary, I think, is one of the running backs. Uh, uh, who else is over there? Zach, Zach Moss, that was at Utah. I don't think it's quite lived up to what they thought. I think he's got a really good opportunity to to start fairly early. And sure. then when you have his ability to catch, you know, I think that that offense can be really, really dangerous. And uh, it was funny uh, you mentioned how cold it is in Buffalo. Sure. I want to shout out uh, what my old uh, co-worker in Opelika, Sarah Polcheski. She's a huge Bills fan. As soon as they made that pick, I was texting scouting reports, letting her know what they got. She was excited. And I yeah. think he's got a great opportunity there. Yep. Yep. I think Pickens going to the Steelers, you know, obviously a great franchise. Everybody plays there. I talked to him and it it is bar none, one of the best franchises, great city. Obviously got some quarterback turnover there. So you want to see what he's going to do uh, as far as that. But I think George Pickens is is a guy that I really think if they get some quarterback play up there, he's going to be a guy that I, I, and I made it into the ramblings. I made a post that, you know, that that, the, the, the Packers flirted with, with taking him. And then they trade up in early. I said that, that I, I'd been told they're going to make a trade for a wide receiver, and it might be Pickens early in the second. Well, they do trade up, but they took another guy. So uh, that would have been an ideal situation as well to the Packers. That would have been crazy if they had, you know, that, this guy with Devontae Wyatt and, and, and um, I mean, with um, Stokes and Quay Walker and those guys. But, you know, I, I think when you look at everything, I think James Cook at the end of the day for me, uh, goes there. We can obviously talk about N'Kobe Dean and going to play behind Jordan Davis again with the Eagles. And, you know, I got all kinds of questions. Um, and I'll say it here. I'm not going to name drop, but I'll say it. You know, and then Nick Chubb was texting me like, hey, what, what's the word on N'Kobe? Like, this guy's a dog. That was his direct quote for me. This guy's a dog. And he was hoping the Browns would take him. Uh, and I don't think they needed a Mike backer, but I don't know. I don't know the answer. I know you get all the stuff, the medicals and, and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think that uh, at the end of the day, you know, he lost some upfront money. But I guarantee you this, if N'Kobe Dean stays healthy, when he gets to that second contract, he's going to make all the money he, he lost uh, this weekend up and more. I just think he's just a, he's just a guy that they, they kind of – and listen, I, I made a tweet on it. They over, the NFL overthinks too. I mean, they miss every day. I've watched one of the most fascinating – I don't know, Jordan, you've seen the 30 for 30 on Dan Marino and – going over that pick. I mean, that is fascinating how wrong, you know, professionals were on that whole deal with a guy like that. And the reasons they didn't want to take him and you get, you know, for whatever reason, some teams missed on the Kobe Dean and, and, and I, I just, I could not, had I needed a player at his position passed because of the intangibles of what he brings. I don't care that he didn't run the 40. I've got GPS practice reports. And I got game tape and I've got game tape against Clemson. I've got game tape against Alabama three or four times. I've got game tapes against Florida. I got a pick six and I'm, you know, you drive the tight end into the dirt on a third down. So, you know, I, I think had I needed a backer at that time, because obviously N'Kobe, the comments he made, the comments that Kirby Smart made, no one, and I mean, no one gave them a hint of he needed surgery to have that pec issue fixed. 
Yeah, that was definitely one of the more, you know, shocking situations of the draft, even just outside of Georgia. I mean, that was maybe a player sliding that most really didn't anticipate. You know, there was talk about him potentially being first round. It seemed like as we got closer, you know, it seemed yeah. realistic. Second round, yeah. maybe high sure. second. Really second, yeah. Yeah. And then I think he was like the 83rd overall pick. Are you te- are you telling me 82 guys were better than N'Kobe Dean? I don't believe it. But I do want to throw out watching the interview he did, the Zoom he did with Philadelphia media after he got drafted. Mm-hmm. And this is no surprise. I mean, if you've ever listened to N'Kobe, you know, he was pretty upfront, was like, you know, that I was surprised. You know, I didn't expect, you know, this to happen. But you could kind of see the motivation. I mean, Rusty, he was like, it's Damn. just another chip on my shoulder. And it was, yeah. If if just imagine giving the Kobe Dean more motivation. No I mean, I just came out of that like, man, oof. I would not want to be trying to go up against him, especially in this rookie mini camp they're about to come up. You think oof. he's gonna be a little fired up going out there? And you think about and nobody likes Philadelphia team. Nobody. If you're not an Eagles fan. You know, Phillies fan, they're, they're, their fans are rough. But I'll tell you this, they love their players, and they support their players. Let me tell you something. That guy playing for that team, they are going to love him up there. They're going to love him. And uh, when you look at Jordan Davis, you know, playing in, playing in behind Jordan, who would not want to play behind a guy that you know is going to require double teams almost every single play? Uh, they know each other, you know, play, play with each other, so – I'm with you, Jordan. Uh, this guy is going to be, and that's what Dan Marino said. Dan Marino said the day that he that, that happened to him, he said, "I'm I'm, I'm going to be in my best shape. I'm going to play my best. He's been on the best rookie seasons ever in NFL history." So um, when you look into Kobe Dean, just knowing him and everything I've heard from him, and I mean, this guy's going to be this guy's going to be a good player. But I'm very confident if he stays healthy, he's going to make that money back on the second contract. I agree, and it'll be fun to watch. And, again, it'll be a good excuse for us to watch the Eagles with both those guys there. I'm sure they're looking to make big plays. Uh, we kind of r- rattled through some of these other guys. I think Zamir White's in a pretty good situation out in Las Vegas at the running back. I know they got Josh Jacobs. Maybe he can get in there and factor in as well. Uh, let's see, Jake Camarda. Hey, I don't know how much punting he's going to be able to do with Tom Brady running down there, but I've mentioned on Twitter as, as a Falcons fan seeing the NFC South, I kind of have a little more, uh, you know, motivation for Tom to struggle. Get get Jake some reps out there. Let him go out there and kick a little. He can kick off. He, he can kick off, too. I mean, he so, kicks the ball so high. So, you know, they score in points. He can kick off for them. But tells you what type of athlete, man. Tells you what type of athlete. Jake Cromarda is a freaking athlete. You know, people tell me that around him now that play, he plays golf. And, you know, he's a he's a really good uh, – he's a good athlete. You see him in person. He, he's yoked up now. I mean – I've known him since he was at Norcross. So, uh, you know, to get drafted in the fourth round is great. You know what? It's crazy, Jordan. You wouldn't hear, but you probably may or may not have been aware. But, like, there was a situation where he was coming out last year. Really? He, he was going to come out. Like, Kirby Smart had to go meet with, like, his family and him and discuss this thing. And you kind of laugh about it. Like, what? But you, this guy was a fourth rounder. So, uh, a situation like that kind of tells you, you know, how, how respected that guy was because he had an NFL great. Yeah, he ran a four five something forty and was a second punter off the board. <laughs> That's nuts, man. It's crazy. That's nuts. Yep. 
Uh, Justin Schaefer going to the Falcons, like I mentioned earlier, breaks that streak of uh, Falcons not drafting. I saw a lot of tweets about that when Nicobe was still on the board, man. There's a lot of Falcons, and including myself. I was kind of sure. hoping that they were going to go get him, but I think he steps into a really good situation in Atlanta. You know, I think the left guard position is very much open with Jalen Mayfield. Kind of struggled last year as a rookie. Yeah. I know that, you know, Justin was a little bit later. I think that might have been the fifth or sixth round when he went off the board. I think he steps into a situation where, you know, you're you're joining an offensive line group that is n- by no means settled. And and you got Arthur Smith there that was a former offensive lineman. I feel like you're walking into, you know, I don't know if he's going to start right away, but I feel like you're in a good situation as an NFL rookie to learn what it takes, learn the expectations, and maybe eventually get in sort of the rotation. I mean, go from Cedar Grove. I mean, you're right down the street there to, for, for Schaefer to go to the Falcons. I mean – um, you can imagine the feel. I, I don't really – I've talked to a lot of people about playing close to home. It's either yes or no. Like, you want to do it or you don't want to do it because of the people. But uh, a lot of people, like, I'll go anywhere. But when the reality hits, like, hey, man, I don't have to go to another city and buy another place. Like, if I need to stay at mom's a little while, here, I can do that. Uh, so, I think it's a good situation for for him. And, and uh, you know, with the Falcons, I'm I'm kind of that marketing mind, like, how do you pass on the Kobe Dean right there? I mean, you know how many butts I would put in the seats because of that guy and uh, how many jerseys you would sell for that guy. And I'm not saying the Falcons made bad picks, but at some point you got to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to take a really good player. That's going to put some fannies in the seats. And uh, you know, that, that's kind of my thoughts on that. But the Falcons fans were, whew, they were, they were hot. It's a good thing. Kit was in Europe. Cause uh, <laughs> I Kip, think I heard him. I think Kip, I heard him from over here. I will tell you something. Kip would have been un, unhinged on Twitter had he been not probably six hours ahead and missed some of that. Yeah, Rusty, but look, I mean, coming from someone who's watched the Falcons, obviously you watched them a lot longer than I have, but when you got an opportunity to draft a Montana State linebacker. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, this guy, you know, just reading up on him, you know, he's he's got some really good measurables and those things, but, it, I mean, I don't even know how you evaluate his tape versus – at that point, but they get paid a lot of money to do what they do. And, and Brian Bivens is, is correct there. So I've been itching to talk about a punter. So, so you know that, you know that, uh, you know, I love those punters. We talked about that story a little bit uh, the other day, but I uh, teased up a, an all American punter when Georgia got Marshall long and this boy, the junkyard has never let me live it down. <laughs> they were ready to, they were ready to come unglued on me. But all I said was, Hey, George's gonna get all America tomorrow, and they did. And uh, so I, I used my one bullet there, so I couldn't, I couldn't go back to it. You were technically correct, which is the best kind sure, of sure. being correct. Uh, you know what surprised me? Schaefer going to the Falcons. Jamari Sawyer was still on the board. He winds up going, I think, four or five picks later to the Chargers. I think this is another situation. He's going to have a little bit more competition as far as right away because they drafted a guard out of Boston College with their first pick. But, I mean, you know, Kip, you would have more knowledge sort of of his potential. But, I mean, I really like him. I know he's going to be moving to guard. But I think Jamari has got potential going and, and joining a really good Los Angeles team that, you know, could be among the best in the AFC. I think, and I'm, I'm careful what I comment here, I think there was some concerns over a, a, a knee with him and and, you know, how long he's going to have you know, with those types of things. And, and, and that's just coming from a guy that I spoke with because I, I, it was unexplainable to me. Here's a guy had had phenomenal tape. Here's a guy that's 
freaking super sharp. I mean, a super sharp kid. Uh, when Kirby Smart had these big time, you know, donors and meeting in that new recruiting room uh, at the University of Georgia about two years ago, you know, he had to step in front of them. He had Jamari Salyer step in front of them and represent his team. So that tells you what type of respect he commanded in that locker room and what type of person he is. So, you know, I don't, I don't have the the the, the numbers or the, the the ability to look at those files, but somebody did mention to me they had a little concern over one of his knees. And uh, but I'll tell you this: as long as Jamari can stand up, and as long as Jamari's healthy, this guy can play ten years. I mean, this guy can play ten years. And I'm telling you this: I put a tweet out. I've known him since the ninth grade. I broke his commitment on TV. Um, kind of, you know, had known his family a long time, and they were. I was able to do that for them. So. It's what they wanted to do, and the guy was able to make it happen on National Signing Day. And this kid is so sharp. And I'm telling you right now, I tell him all the time when I talk to him, I'm going to hire you one day, Jamari. I'm going to hire you one day. Uh, and I, I would hire that kid in a minute. Uh, he's got a lot of football left in him as long as he stays healthy. But I'm telling you, man, if you could sit down with him and really just see the energy that guy is and how good he is and the ability, how how nasty he is on the field. but can sit in any setting, in any room, anywhere in the country with anybody not be out of place. Super, super, super sharp kid and wish him the best. Wrap it up with the two last Georgia players that got drafted. Darion Kendrick goes to the defending Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. Very next pick, John Fitzpatrick goes to the Falcons. Falcons were feeling a little bit of, uh, you know, wanting to bring in a couple dogs this year. Yeah. You, know, you know, with both of those guys – Darion's a, a very experienced corner. I think it could be just a really good learning opportunity for him being, you know, among defensive backs like Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think that's a good opportunity for him. And I kind of like sort of the potential of John Fitzpatrick with the Falcons. I mean, you think about him being a blocking tight end. Obviously, they got Kyle Pitts, who is essentially a receiver. I mean, how much they're going to throw to him. It seems like a very good opportunity. Get a guy that's 6'7", bring him in there, see what he's able to do. Uh, I, I really like both those picks, and, and especially for those players, uh, the kind of the fits they're getting with those two franchises. You look at Darion Kendrick, and the question was, can he run? And, you know, the Ohio State tape his junior year, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both got him um, on two long plays. And it's hard to escape that, and he didn't run good. But what he did make up for was good game tape. He had four interceptions, um, never caused an off-the-field issue at Georgia. From what I understood, he came in, went to work the very first day, never had a problem, won a national championship at Georgia. The question on Darian Kendrick was could he run, and he didn't run well at his pro day, and that hurt him. That put him from third round to sixth round. Now, there's a lot of guys like him that play a long time in the NFL because he's instinctive and he's got some length, so he makes up for those things. So uh, I think Darian Kendrick's going to wind up being better than where he was drafted. Fitzpatrick's a tough kid, man. He is a tough kid. I mean, he would block. He had good hands, solid hands. You know, if he can play special teams and, and if he can do that and, and, and continue to grow with his frame, he can play a while as well. Yeah, Fitz played with, I think, some broken bones in his foot last year. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not having surgery. I'm going to keep playing. So, mm-hmm. you know, good good potential. And, and Another kid, another kid, one of our posters here, another kid can live in mom's basement for a little while. So I've known Fitzpatrick a while. I don't think Fitzpatrick is going to be living in mom's basement. I think he's going to have to have a pad. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is this was, uh, that was a good pick for, you know, him to stay close to home as well for a young man out of Marist High School. Kyle Hamilton is one of his high school teammates. Goes, what, top 10? 
Yeah, I think 10th mm-hmm. or 11th. Yeah. I think it might have been 11th to the Commanders. I'm trying That's to remember. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 15 guys. Just think about, Rusty, we just made a, an entire podcast just basically listing 15 guys that got drafted. No un- undrafted free agents because pretty much everybody that uh, was going through there. Actually, so Kyle Hamilton was 14th to the Ravens. That makes sense for the Ravens there. Uh, but, I mean, that just tells you about the talent off that 2021 team. It's just unreal. Uh, and, and the fact that now they've got a chance to go play at the next level. And, and I know I, for one, am really excited to see what they're able to do. Yep. I'm, these are good kids, man. I've covered a lot of them. Um, but, but Jamari specifically, I've known him a long time. Quay Walker, we didn't get a chance to talk a whole bunch, you know, too much about. I've known Quay a long time, too. So it's the best part of this job for me. It's the best job here when I watch kids like that. I know where they come from. And, know what they've been through and to get them see that moment. Um, you know, that that's, this it's a great feeling for those kids. Before we wrap this up, I'll do my quick, uh, Georgia men's basketball minute because it was a busy Saturday, man. Rusty, yeah. I got up, the draft was over. I was like, all right, we're, we're out of here. It's been a long three days. And my client said, not so fast. We got some stuff to do. Uh, they added three guys. They added Frank Anselm, a six ten center from Syracuse. They added Kyron Lindsey, I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, four-star power forward from Texas. He was he was coming out of high school. Uh, Anselm was a recruit, uh, tran- a, a transfer portal pickup from Syracuse. Then they added another guard from North Texas, Mardrez McBride from Augusta. They've continued to add to this roster. I've been very impressed. They are, I really feel like they're in a very good position as far as their guards. It's going to be interesting once we get to the season to see who kind of uh, separates themselves, but they got a lot of talent. I was very impressed with getting Frank Anselm. Uh, Georgetown really wanted him. Uh, think about recruiting against Patrick Ewing Ooh. and trying to convince, but, but it worked. They were able to get Frank to come on. There's a few other guys that I know they're really interested in. We'll see this week. I know Al Amir Dawes, another guard from Clemson, is a guy they really like. I think he's going to announce a commitment sometime this week. Remains to be seen if he's coming to Georgia, but that would be another good pickup. I got to give them a lot of credit. I think they've done a good job in this first year of reloading this roster. Obviously, we're going to see you know, how it plays, how these guys play together, because there's so many of these guys have never you know, stepped on a court together before. Um, but there's raw talent, and it's going to mm-hmm. be up to Mike White and this coaching staff to figure out how to use them. Um, but I like the direction they've taken. I know a, a lot of people on the board were a little bit nervous when you saw all those guys exiting, and we weren't hearing a whole lot of commitments right away. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to have to look at my eligibility there. for, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think they've done a good job. Now, what that means for the first year, I'm not sure. I wouldn't set very high expectations as far as record or anything like that. Um, but I think kudos is deserved to this coaching staff. They've gotten talent, and that's kind of the first step. The next step is going to be – figuring out who works best together and, and get these guys to learn each other in order uh, to try to go win some games this year. More than six. That the bar is not, that's what someone was asking me. I was out at twilight Saturday night for the bike race and someone said, what's a reasonable expectation. I think they can shoot for around 500. I think that's reasonable. I don't think, you know, they're not winning. You know, this is going to come as a shock to you, Rusty, but they're not going to win the SEC this coming year. I'm glad you were were sitting down for that. Golly. Uh, But uh, I think that they've got talent. They're taking steps in the right direction. And I think if you're just a Georgia sports fan in general, I think you should be happy with 
the steps they're laying, the sort of the path they're laying, because it's always going to be better when more sports are competitive. And I think they're taking steps toward being competitive. One question, Jordan Harris. Sorry, when didn't um, one of our one of our normal guys um, the uh, portal. Obviously, you know, Purdue had a safety go in yesterday. Central Florida's got a receiver, made a note on the junkyard today. I think Georgia's going to try to get involved there. Uh, young man, Isaiah Land out of Grayson High School, who was at Florida A&M, had a really good, you know, year uh, as a edge guy. It's going to come down to numbers. I don't know the numbers at Georgia. I, I don't know the numbers, but it's a lot tighter than I thought it was going to be two weeks ago. I can guarantee you this. I thought Georgia's going to lose six or seven guys, and they didn't. So, uh, when you look at this, I think that, um, you know, it's all about numbers and where you can fit a guy in. But, you know, the the board is kind of set now with a portal. You're going to look and see where things are, um, you know, what you what's a critical, critical need. Because you've been through a spring practice together and you kind of know where you are. Like, hey, this guy didn't take the next step or this guy did take the step. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll look at edge guys, look at wide receiver guys. I think they got to get a safety, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see if they make a move. That's something we're going to, on the junkyard, on Dogs 247, that's something I'm going to try to update daily. Uh, made a note today, though, on the, on the UFC wide receiver, uh, UCF wide receiver. I, I think Georgia's going to try to get involved there. Yeah, a lot of interest there. And, and like you said, it was sort of surprising as far as the portal entries from Georgia. Basically, Tymon Mitchell uh, and then Cameron Kinney and then a walk-on Jalen Kennedy. I think that was it. Um, you know, you just sort of didn't know what to expect on that front. Um, not a ton of guys deciding to leave, so it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a numbers crunch, and I'm sure we're gonna be all over it. Obviously, Rusty will be all over it as we uh, go forward into the summer and see who decides that uh, uh, it's gonna come to Georgia. So, uh, so we'll be all over that. Appreciate everybody watching, everybody listening. Uh, make sure to check out the website. There'll be all kinds of content, all kinds of stories. Uh, wrapping up the draft, looking uh, even going toward the fall uh, for Georgia football. More men's basketball, I'm sure, with more guys coming, it looks like, in the next few days and weeks. Um, but we're going to get out of here on that. I'll say thanks again to Rusty for joining, uh, and uh, appreciate everybody watching, everybody listening. Make sure and subscribe and, and keep an eye out, uh, because I'm sure we'll have more content here real, real soon. Uh, so on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And until next time, take care.